the unique and unmistakable guitar sound of Will Sargent on his electronic project called Glide. Will's been a massive influence on so many other musicians, from Johnny Marr to Radiohead to the Red Hot Chili Peppers. So when someone like this brings out a memoir, it's bound to raise a lot of interest. And sometimes these autobiographies are, oxymoronically, ghost-written, but not in this case. And whether you're one of Echo and the Bunnymen's many thousands of faithful fans, or you live in a completely different dimension and have never heard of them, Will's writing won't disappoint. He can really write, and the first volume of his recollections, Bunny Man, is by turns sad, impressive, and very funny. So, I was honoured to be able to talk to him about it just before its publication. He's a nice guy, you know. Okay, Will Sargent, Sonic Master of the Universe. (laughs) That's where I believe. How's it going? (laughs) All right. For the listener, that's a quote from Courtney Love on the back of the book. It's a very nice compliment. Are you good with uh, things like that? Would you squirm a bit? Um, Well, you know, (laughs) it was uh, nice. Like a lot of people, like there's a couple of people I couldn't have room for, which are second one, you know. So I've got loads of loads of good stuff. Oh, you'll have to get them on the uh, inside in the next print run. Well, it starts looking a bit crazy, doesn't it? You have too many, but it was nice. Yeah, they're all really yeah, good. Really lovely, really lovely, and some great reviews in already. Which are, so that's looking great. Uh, you must be pleased with those. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Chuffed. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the book. Uh, I enjoyed it a real lot, so I'm not surprised. Uh, let's get into the book itself then, and I'll get my claim to fame out of the way because we share a birthday, twelfth of April. Oh, well, that's good. More kudos than um, David Cassidy or Tiny Tim. So thanks for that, Will. <laughs> Tiny Tim, 12th April as well. Apparently. Wow. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, the early years chapters, there's a load of detail in there. Did you ever keep a, a diary or notes? Or did you just did, did you check with lots of other people? How did you go about it? I asked a few people that we mates, you know, around the time. But, you know, I remembered a lot of it. You know, it's yeah, yeah. the sort yeah. of things you remember. And yeah. there was loads that I didn't put in. There was tons of stuff. That oh, for sure, yeah. Well, what you don't say also uh, speaks volumes sometimes, I think. Um, was it hard deciding what to what to put in and what to leave out? Um, let's think. No, it was just, it just flowed. And mm. yeah, one thing led to another because it's it's basically, it's a history thing. So yeah. it's just, yeah. you know what's going on next and you can always check the dates. Sure. And there's always somebody... You know, maybe got a tape recording of some of the gigs or anything. Like oh that. yeah, yeah, yeah. But the but when you're a little kid, you know, that's a very there's a very um strong post-war atmosphere in it. You know, you've got your parents' war stories. Your headmaster has a war story. The kids' comics are full of war stories. So you played war games. It's like how a war affects people for years and years afterwards. Yeah, um, it, was, it was a big thing. Any other kids' dads who were affected by the war, physically or mentally? Because obviously your dad was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think he um, we had that knock on the head in Italy. So I think that might have changed his personality. Although yeah. I didn't, obviously I didn't know him. So because it was before, he was like 18 when he went in the army. I think well, I mean, that's so young, isn't it? Different world now, eh? Really. Um, do you think, yeah, think about that when you had kids of your own, how how different it was for you. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. It's, um, it was a weird time, wasn't it? And it wasn't mm. that, you know, it was only like, I was born in 58, so what yeah. was that, 12 years? Yeah, yeah. 13 years? Yeah. 
since the end of the war and mm. rationing was still going and all that stuff. Mm, mm. Till when, yeah. like 57, was it? Yeah, bomb sites and, um, yeah. Um, and you didn't have much time for any of your teachers. I remember last time we talked, you said that. But there was a bit of a glimmer of light in the is it Mr. Bell sharing yeah. um, under Miltwood and the Beatles uh, in one class. And what comes across there is all the different bits of roots of knowledge from all over the place that will be that become part of your future, like bicycles and motorbikes and record players and cassette players and your mate's dad teaching you how to solder. And that, there's your education, not in school, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's, uh, it's, it's the stuff you learn outside school, I think, that is the most important. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, I reckon. You know, unless yeah. you're going to microbiologist or something. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of a bit bleak, that those early years. So you've got your bare light bulbs and bomb sites and grey boiled cabbage and everything. But then you start talking about music and it get, and your language becomes really different. It's much more colourful and optimistic. Very nice prose in there, Will. Um, so did that get more enjoyable to write once you got into just your passion for music really shows? Yeah, well, if you're interested in something, it brings yeah. out, you know, your... your happiness of it and mm. all that stuff you know and the the interest in it and yeah yeah to write about for it something that's like a bit grim it's like i put it in anyway the grim stuff because yeah. it's part of who i am and it's why yeah. i'm yeah you know yeah, and yeah. Then you can't scare over these things no well you said uh you'll get the truth you know whether it hurts or not oh yeah which is and it shows but some lovely turns of phrases in there and lovely observations like um, Wilco Johnson, like a machine gun into your brain. <laughs> that's really nice. That's perfect. And um, and the Slade gig, that's an amazing gig, actually, the status quo supporting Slade. And I was yeah. a bit worried what you were going to say about Slade because they're from my hometown, right? Right. <laughs> and as you said, Beethoven was shite. I didn't know when we were going to get there. But <laughs> Dave Hill's fringe, and like a medieval simpleton. Oh, that was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, little known fact, I used to go to the same dentist as Dave Hill. Oh, did you? Insert joke here <laughs> about teeth. <laughs> I'm fringes. <laughs> but yeah, that's really fantastic because uh, it shows you, it's like you wanted to create that kind of um, a vibe when you're doing your own gigs and that kind of energy that you experienced in that gig, that's going to that's gonna happen in yours later down the year. So that's a lovely story. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the Ouija board story because <laughs> most oh, yeah. people have Ouija board stories, but they're really feeble and yours is really scary. <laughs> and I was thinking, nah, that's it. And then bloody hell. It's not. I don't advise it. No. A, Did you ever talk to the, the other blokes who were there later on since? Have you talked to them about it since? Not since, no. <laughs> um, maybe Alan Roberts. Like, he oh, remembered yeah. it, you know. I talked yeah. to him a bit. Yeah, because, you know, he's still about and he's on the Facebook and all that stuff. So he remembers right. it, you know. Right, right. There was a few of us that used to do it, you know, a little gang, and we got like, it was two of the parents were out, we were down there doing the Ouija board, you know, it became a bit of a thing. What a strange you know. thing it is, yeah. It is a weird thing, but it definitely was. I wasn't pushing it, nobody else was pushing it, it's rather than everyone was crapping themselves. Okay. So it's not like, ah, I got one over on you, nobody owned up to it ever. Oh, so, you know, not there's, funny. A, there's a force that comes through somehow, and, and it will drag your finger along, it's not like... You have to push it. It's dragging you. Oh. And if somebody starts pushing, it would tip over. Mm. You know, high stem glass and all that. Oh, blimey. Blimey. Um, your uh, Yamaha on the beach, your, your motorbike on the beach story yeah. is a brilliant story. Again, that's really well, you know, your language is great to write that story. I mean, you've carried on with your bikes of all varieties yeah. since then. Well, I had a bit of a break. I did have a break. Right. I've only just sort of got back into the bikes in the last couple of years. 
right. Uh, but I had, I had bikes since I was 16 until mm. 30 or something, 30 mm. odd. Bill took a break when uh, Pete died as well. Yeah. A good few years, yeah. Yeah, it kind of puts the sh- takes the shine off it a bit. Absolutely. And then Jake as uh, well. Yeah, anyway. But it never stopped, like, you know, the others carried on. Jake mm. carried on. Mm. And uh, Les carries on. You know, he's got a bike, I think. Yeah. So there's yeah. trials riding in Australia. You know, he loves yeah. all that. Nice place to do it. And then the second half of your book really gets probably stuck into music, really. And you yeah. make no apology for your love of prog rock. Yeah. Do you still get raised eyebrows about that? Because is snobbery and bitchiness still alive as and, and well, you know, because it seems, or is it just the names that change over time? Well, there are, there is still bands about that do that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. There's new bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's a nostalgia thing, you know, it can't help it. It's what I liked when I was a kid, so I'm still yeah. going like, yeah. you know, it could have been chicory tip, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> or Gary Glitter. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you chose wisely. It was Genesis and yeah, I must like Palmer. Yeah, it's a funny issue though, what's cool and what isn't to different people, you know. And yeah. um, and this thing about never selling out. And if you like certain people, then you've sold out because you oh, I don't know what it is. Well, I was, you know, I was as guilty of that as anybody I thought, you know, you couldn't like certain <laughs> things or it was uncool and all right. that. Right. Right. It just seems a bit pointless now. Like sometimes things that are uncool. I kind of interested anyway. Yeah. On a, you know, a sort of um, kitschy level, you know. Yeah, you yeah, know, like, yeah. In an uh, ironic way or whatever. Yeah, I like, yeah. you know, I put my blue jeans on by David Dundas. Oh, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit like you wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't play it in a disco. It's, it's a cool tune. <laughs> kind of cute. Yeah, yeah. I think, did you write this in the book? I think the whole point of being in a band is to sell out. <laughs> like, you can't please everyone. Or... Yeah. The whole point is to be more successful. That's what they want you to do. And that's yeah. that's basically what a lot of people in bands want to do anyway. They want to be successful. They don't want right. to be playing to the same 30 people that follow them around on the bloody rally choppers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But is that the definition of selling out a success? It's a funny <laughs> thing, isn't it? <laughs> well, you know, it's weird, isn't it? You, yeah. you can't. It's weird, you know. It's, it's it, like a dichotomy I've never understood, really, this. Um, yeah, once you get, like, bigger venues involved and bigger agents and bigger promoters and all that stuff, you are selling out. Mm, yeah. yeah. But even at the beginning, you you write about worrying about who's going to buy your first single and whether they're cool or not. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, yeah. yeah. I used to go over from work and I'll put them in the bags and that, you know, it builds office at Zoo. Oh, yeah. The Zoo Records office was in the Chicago buildings, mm. which is directly where I, just opposite where I worked. Mm. And uh, I just think, oh, God, I wonder if one OP is cool when I'm sending this, you know. <laughs> but then again, you know, I wasn't I wasn't cool. Like, look at the pictures of me. I look like a right div. I don't know. I don't know. You look all right. But, yeah, it's a funny it's a funny game, this cool, not cool, selling out, not selling out. I don't understand it, but it's interesting to think about. Um, so is it is success? I mean, now you've had success, you know, success still like a bit of a mixture of pleasure and a turn off or are you just not bothered about it now um don't really think about it too much no. uh, you know it's nice to wear that your gigs are sold out yeah absolutely yeah, that sort of thing absolutely so you, well, you don't want to play like horrible you go out and it's half empty yeah okay you know so you know it swings around about isn't it i like it but it's a bit of a you know sometimes you feel a bit embarrassed by it yeah you know with mates that haven't had that much success maybe in bands and stuff and you feel a bit like oh god you know they haven't got out of Liverpool. We've been all around the world, and that. Mm. 
know, yeah. so you don't feel that little bit. Yeah, I mean, you've got to be good to be able to go around the world. I mean, you've got to be good yeah. to be able to do that. But then there are bands that are good that never get to do that, so I guess. Yeah, I know. I know. It's a weird thing, but yeah. we did, and we have. Yeah. Um, I never knew Les played bass picking upwards. That's so yeah. hard to do, Les. What are you thinking of? <laughs> but then this thing about devising your own ways of playing things, you're devising your own ways of making music, it became your sound. So this kind of... Yeah non going through the education route and finding things out for yourself is what makes you unique what, yeah what? yeah it's a good story that i like it it was like everybody was left to their own devices you know mm. like nobody was telling les what to do yeah nobody was telling mac what to do yeah nobody's telling pete what to do so it was like all together everybody four individuals doing their own take on everything yeah yeah and the alchemy of the four of you which is yeah everything together and, and it's like Maybe not the correct way to do it, but the best, the sort of most interesting way. Yeah, well, you prove there is no correct, really. Yeah, sometimes it gets boring if it's down the line, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and people go to university to do to learn rock guitar playing or something. Now I don't know if it's a lot of the mistakes are what's good as well. You know, you'll do like, and it's like the little slightly behind or ahead timing thing. It makes Mm. it, you know, that that can give you like a funny feeling in your stomach. Yeah, yeah. When you stumble on something, yeah. And obviously, I mean, you've had great success, but the road to success is not straight. And the third yeah. gig story is pretty heartbreaking. Um, not a linear thing. Yeah, so um, tell me what it was like um, recording the audio book. Have you not done that before? So did you enjoy doing that? It, yeah, I enjoyed it when it was going all right, but I st- with so many stumbles, it was right. pathetic, really. Like, you know, stopping and starting all the time. Mm. You're looking at the words and the other words, but you couldn't. You're getting the wrong way around, and mm. felt like you had three tongues. <laughs> did, did it get better as you went along? Did you sort of? No, it didn't. <laughs> it also went through. It also started out really bad, and then it went okay, and then it went bad, then it went okay, and then it went bad. Uh-huh. It was just I don't know. And there was planes going over because that's a big oh, course, yeah. Planes going over all the time, and cars going past and the birds tweeting and all that stuff <laughs> got your um your small room in your house but it's not a booth as such it's not totally soundproof no yeah i know the trouble i know the trouble how long did it take you to record then you haven't abridged it or anything it's the whole thing isn't it yeah, it's the whole thing i did um i think we're, we're aiming at like or well, 300 pages i think a day mm-hmm. what's it 20 pages 20 pages a day could have been 300 pages a day it's only oh, okay that's it. okay yeah so 20 pages a day and I got up to about 40-odd pages a day. Mm. And we did three days, and then I had to, we had a break, and I had to come back and do some more, and then um, finished it off, you know. The last bit went a little bit smoother. and didn't feel so bad because it was only a couple of hundred pages to go on, 150. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, it's a really – I raced through it. I couldn't put it down. I thought it was really great. And you tweeted that you can't wait to get the uh, the next volume going, and, and nor can I. Yeah. Will it be one more, or will there be more than one more? You know, that, like I'm thinking, touring, starting to do touring, Pete mm. joining, yeah, and uh, you know, doing the records, yeah. a couple of records, you know, and the single and all that stuff with Ian Brody and with right, loads yeah, of yeah. stuff, like you yeah, know, yeah, 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 and the covers, you know, doing the LP covers and all yeah. that stuff. That's always an interesting thing, you know. With had Bill Bus, like obviously he took put on <laughs> on the inside cover of Crocodiles. Oh well, yes, and we were trying to be like. There was a picture of television, and they all had fender amps. Yeah. 
Uh, we, when we got some money, we went over to Manchester and we all bought Fender amps. Oh. Or second-hand Fenders. I've still got my one. Lovely things. But we were trying to look like a bit like television. Uh, have you kept Have you kept all the gear that you had then, really? No, a lot of it gets mislaid or nicked right. or just wore out. You know, mm. no good anymore, that sort of thing. But the faithful Fender. We have got a storeroom full of stuff, you know. Right. You just collect it and just end up with loads and loads of amps. I've got mm. just tons of amps in the, in the lock Yeah. And do you think, and you were talking to Les about doing it, well, you, I don't know if we were joking or not, but a photography book with Les, that would be amazing. Do you, are you going to do that, do you think? No, I think Les should do that. Oh, yeah. He's got he's got like loads of great photos and he needs to go through them and sort them all out. You know? But you, you've, always, you've always taken loads of photos too. Mine are more snaps. Les was always a bit more professional. Than okay. He did our wedding. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we had nicer cameras and yeah, yeah, yeah. Nikons and that. And I only had like I had the cheapo Nikon. Yeah. But which, you know, are, you know, snaps are good sometimes, you know, because they tell the story, don't they? They do. They do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's some nice ones in your book as well. Let's let me use a few of those on there. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You credit him, don't you? Yeah. And then a few other people, you know, from around and about, you know, that um, took up, you know, there wasn't that many from the very early band days, you know, because nobody mm. had a camera in those days. Mm. Yeah. Oh, have you have your family read it yet? Have your um, brother and sister and your girls read Your it? cousins read it. Yeah. And he thought it was great. Yeah, it is great. It's weird. I've only just sort of connected with my cousin in the last sort of year or so. Oh, that's nice. He's not, he's not as old as me, but he's a little, you know, he's getting on. Not we will. And he, um, he's into scooters. Ah. Uh, he's a bit of a stylish chap, you know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he had two scooters, so he lent me a scooter to ride around on. Very nice. Nice. About and stuff. Is that that silvery Lambretta that you did a photo of? Well, I've bought one now. That's a beauty. Yeah. But he's got one as well, it's silver. They look like twins. Mm, <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Well, I really uh, heartily recommend Bunnyman to anyone who hasn't ordered it yet. It's a really good read. And um, I hope all the publicity as it comes out goes great for you and all the interviews you're doing. Thank you for giving me time to do one with me. Really appreciate that. And um, yeah, and hope to see you'll be coming down to Bristol. I think next year. Is that right? I think so. I don't. I, it's been changed. I don't know where the hell we are. If you do, uh, we'll make sure we see you. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, all the best with the book and um, congratulations. It's a real great piece of work. Thanks a lot. It was yeah. good for. Was good yeah. for. It was about traveling back in time and trying to remember where everything was and the, the layout of rooms and things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was dead good. You know, it was it's amazing your brain the way it could store all this stuff. Yeah. It's got a wealth of a wealth of stories in there. It's really it's a yeah. really good read. Yeah. Thanks, Will. Okay. Um yeah, hope to see you soon. Okay. Thanks, Francis. Thanks again, ever so much. Ta-ra. Cheers, see ya. Bye. Ta-ra. Rest in just walker. Checking up to see you. Piece of pull the plugs out. That was a bit of the Bunnymen live at Eric's in 1979, pre-Pete DeFratis, with the drum machine. So what comes across really well in Will's book is the thread that leads from comparatively monochrome beginnings to the technicolour world of the sounds that he loved that ultimately drove him to start making music himself. And the book ends tantalisingly with drummer Pete about to join the band as the Bunnymen approach global success. So you know the sequel is going to be great and I can't wait for that. 
but this part one is already a story well told, full of witty turns of phrase, memorable images, and a sense of that strange magic building up from experiments with a telecaster, a bass, an extraordinary voice, and the unreliable drum machine. Happy Jeff and Happy Jeff The universal message seems to be pay good attention to the things you're drawn to, be curious, have a go, keep having a go, and never stop. Will Sargent's book, Bunny Man, is out in the UK from 15th July 2021 through Constable, part of the Little Brown Group, and in the USA it'll be out through Nashville's Third Man Books. If you enjoyed this podcast, there are other episodes available and more on the way, and Emotipod is on most podcast platforms if you'd care to subscribe. So, until next time, enjoy keeping all your senses open and alive to whatever art makes your life better.